us guys what's up to our sidekicks and hedge folk out there in the geek nation you are currently tuning into the cult pop podcast live stream episode 794 we talk about and review graphic novels movies tv and a once monthly roundup that's now the once monthly roundup is now of current comics on the stands right now I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a, uh, a super rad shop which caters to the nerdy and the nerd adjacent, <clears throat> like you and your mom, all of you and all of your moms. Joining me tonight is Noel Bartocci. Hello. What's up, nerd? Hi. Hello. Hey, hi. I, when you said, hey, ho, hi. there you are, I thought there was somebody behind me. I didn't know you were referring to me. I'm slow. I wasn't. I was referring to the audience. Who? Yeah, exactly. We do this um, for others? And for, yeah, sorry. I, I don't know if you know <laughs> this. Um, we broadcast. This isn't just. I thought you were just having me record me for posterity. I didn't know it was actually for other people to hear a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I usually, what I do is I edit out the bits where you you make me watch you. <laughs> dip your feet into mac and cheese and squish it between your toes. That sounds so. I edit that, that out because that's so satisfying. That's just for me. Yeah, I was thinking. Of, <laughs> I was thinking of doing mashed potatoes yeah. this week. Oh, well, gravy or no? Skin on? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, like like mashed red like red potatoes, like mashed red potatoes. You got like those little like oh, bits yeah. of skin. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's that dream. Um, no, I meant on, I meant on your feet. <laughs> skin on your feet. Oh no no no! I'm gonna peel my feet. Peel, peel the feet, pe- leave the I'm potatoes. I'm going to peel skins. the feet, yeah. respect the potatoes, <laughs> and squish them yeah. with sheer pain. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, and I'm sorry to everyone joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what uh, we're doing here, and I and you don't, you definitely don't, um, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live is um, you all in the chat. So get in the chat and say hi to us. You can also email us. Oh, no like St. Saucy did this week at cultpopgo at gmail.com and join our book club Facebook group, which you can find if in the Facebook group section under JD's Hero Complex Book Club. Um, and tomorrow night is book club. Oh, it's movie club. And we're going to be discussing The Sea Beast, which is a Netflix animated feature film from the creators or the animators of... Encanto, I believe. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, with that out of the way, I feel as though I should tell you... Well, I already told you. We have a letter. So I'm going to read it. Duh! Oh, wait. What happened? Where'd you go? Sorry. Oh. I bet Noel is a squat a squat cobbler. Squat gobbler? S- no, no. Squat cobbler. Squat cobbler? What's that? 
So I just, here's the thing. Uh, how convenient. I just uh, have been watching Better Call Saul. And it is, it's really good. So many people were telling me, oh, you like um, Breaking Bad? Better Call Saul is even better than Breaking Bad. And I was like, no, that's probably not true. Um, but I've been watching it and it is, I don't know if it's better than Breaking Bad, but I am into it. Mm. And Squat Cobbler is someone who sits on cakes or sits on cobblers, I guess. Pies, pies. That's what it is. They're a pie sitter. Like a, like a fresh pie, like a hot pie. Is, I don't, I don't know how fresh the pie is, but it's just the fact that it's a pie. I just, you can, you can squat cobbler at all. I don't understand the kink. Is it because of the heat? Is it because of the consistency? Are you wearing pants? Um, me or this or you, the squat cobbler. I don't know. Well, if I was going to admit to being a squat cobbler or not, I'd, I'd like to understand my reasoning. I'd like to understand my rationale. I want to yes and this bit, but I don't get it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, here is uh, we also have some comments that we're going to get to in a minute. Ew, nerd says Dan H. <laughs> um, the email is called "Nothing Turns Me Off a Comic More," and then the this the the. the What's it called? The, the title and then the subject. No, not the subject. The body of the emails continues. Then one of two, three, four, five, or six. What do you do with a two or three or four or five or six issue series? It's going to get lost if you put it in a short or long box. I suppose you can get a spinner rack for them, but it seems like wasted time. I just don't see how you can tell a complete story in such a short amount of time. Well, I disagree. We're going to get to a book later tonight. That's one. It's one. It's one book. It's one story. Mm -hmm. it's, it's doable. And when they want you to spend 20 bucks for a paperback collected edition, that's not going to hold up to time and multiple readings. Give me 10 to 12 issues or give me a 25 issue series. Nothing shorter and nothing in between. But also don't don't let a series get too long. I'm looking at you, Department of Truth. Mm. Chris St. Saucy, good night. But then he continues. Oh. He signs off, but then he continues. Any Rex... Oh, any recommendations of... He said Rexes. R-E-X apostrophe S. Any Rexes of things to do when I am in New York next month? Right now, all I have is checking out Midtown Comics, the Statue of Liberty, and McGee's Pub, which was the basis for McLaren's in How I Met Your Mother. I'll spend a few hours getting a tattoo... And I have a live podcast recording to go to. Also, I'm trying to get the group to go see Barbaric together, but we will see if that pans out. Uh, what's Barbaric? It's uh, the new horror movie coming out. You saw the poster for it, like the red oh. with the door frame. I have no idea what it's about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me neither. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you have any recs for uh, yeah. Chris Angel? I was going to say, which, which order do you want to do this in? Uh, new York recs? Do you like, sure. do you like ramen? If you like ramen, there's an amazing, um, authentic ramen place in Midtown called Ichiban. Ichiban, and it's the kind of it's Ichiban. the place where you literally go alone. You're in a little hut, and there's a curtain, and you just order and push the piece of paper, and they just slide you food. Like it's modular eating, and it's ramen, and it's delicious, uh, and it's really really fast. It's an introvert's wet dream. Essentially, you don't have to be there with anyone. Yeah. Um, uh, Midtown Comics is fun. There's a there's another really great shop. Oh, go to Forbidden Planet. That's a really great shop. That's over by Times Square also. Uh, Forbidden Planet is a fun shop. 
with lots and lots of uh, I think, toys. I don't think I've ever been to a Forbidden Planet. It's fun. It's a little bit more alt. It's a little bit more alternative. It's it's still got like you know the four color comics, but it's a little bit more alternative. They got some like off the beaten path stuff. It's really cool. Nice. So yeah, do those things. Um, oh, and then do you do you care? Uh, it doesn't bother me if so. The way my the way my back issues are lined up is, let's say Superman, then Superman Action Comics, then Superman Adventure Comics, then Superman Man of Steel, then miscellaneous Superman. So all of the ongoing titles, the long running titles have their own sections. And then after that is all of the one shots and miniseries. You're talking about for the store though. Is that the same process nope. for your personal collect? Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, I, I, so to, reading that email, it, to me, it sounds more like he has a specific storage gripe not a comic book gripe like no because he talks he says you can't tell a whole story and well yeah but it all stemmed from the fact that he doesn't know how to store them or store them his preferred way in like in a like they get lost in a long box and stuff so i don't know i heard a little bit more about like the format makes his preferred process a little bit more difficult which i could totally appreciate um what you could do, what I do, is I stopped having time to keep them in any real good order. Now they're just in random boxes of... So I have, I have like, in my office, I, every corner is filled with short boxes. Uh, like, over there, over there, underneath my desk where I put my feet on. They're all in a weird order, but the main order is, I've read it, and I'm not going to sell it, is one order. The other order is I haven't read it yet. So there's I have a short box of stuff that I haven't read yet that I will like dip into. And then there's a box of I'm going to sell these and or I'm going to get these graded. So I've got like three piles and that's it. Like it, I would take me weeks of going through every single long box and then sorting it completely for it to just fall apart within like two months, uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Like unless I ha- unless I have Although a brick and mortar store, I have no incentive to to like truly sort everything personally. I do find it relaxing to organize my collection. If it was all out somewhere, sure, but I would have to literally like my my closets a Tetris situation. They're all over the place. Like it would take forever just to get everything in front of me to sort it and yeah. it's just nothing I want to do. I just do a box at a time. Yeah. But but um, the, everything is everywhere though. We need a box at a time. So I've got tons of short boxes. There could be yeah. 15 issues of Avengers, but the rest of the series is in the closet in a in like an unmarked long box. Like everything is everywhere so in order to organize all of it, you take it all out. No, no, no. You take one box out, you take a small box out, and then you take another small box out. You've got two boxes in front of you, and then you just organize those two boxes, and then eventually you bring out another box, and then you can... Do you see it? You don't bring it all out at once. You, you do it piecemeal. It doesn't seem like you... I guess so. Like, what I'll do is I'll take a small box or a long box, and I'll organize that long box. That's done. Now I bring out box number two. Organize that... What? 
I don't actually organize that box. I'll just take whatever's in it and I'll start moving it over into the other box. But anyway, mm. that's that's a whole. Do you have a preferred um, like before we move off the, the email? Do you have a preferred length of series? I mean, I know that I know that no. anything good can be however length it's supposed to be, but like, yes, you don't have like a like a sweet it, spot that's just like oh that's kind of nice that's perfect like twenty five <clears> issues it's right there like. I, I like a six issue trade. I like being able to read everything in a, in one sitting at a trade. But you're like, I don't know. It, it depends on the story yeah. because if I'm reading a story and all of a sudden I'm t- hundred bullets, <laughs> hundred bullets. I get I I read I started that series twice. I got fifty issues in twice and gave up. If that was a fifty issue series, it would have been perfect. <laughs> But a hundred issues, I went. I have to do this again. I have to double this now. I don't. I, I don't care about this enough for another fifty issues. Yeah, I guess that. I, yeah, I guess it just and, depends on the structure. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Monroe says Saint Mark's Books is a recommendation from Rob. Um, and then Kevin says I find I double and triple buy stuff if I don't organize. That's true. I actually started the thing, so I've got. I'm still. You know, we're all collectors here. I have um, DVDs, Blu-rays, VHS, and I started – well, I've already had a um, letterbox account. And so I started uh, another list just for what is actually in my home so I don't rebuy Malignant again or something. Forget it, or like Legend of Billy Jean, something like that, you know. I, I will double buy – I have so many copies of the Spider-Man movies by accident, you know? We've, we, just, we just recently had a conversation about this while you were going through all your lettered stuff, and I am a very forgetful person. Wall of books, wall of books. I have never accidentally double-dipped. <laughs> Ever. I, you have a memory. I, don't I know, have ADHD, well, I, and I, I have a bad brain. But I don't have it for anything else in my life. It literally is just like, for some reason, I have a bead on what I own, because I... I, it's, it's probably a sickness, but when I'm stressed, I literally will just rearrange my shelves and, or just, I'll come up before bed. Like, what am I going to read? And I'll literally like a Netflix menu. I'll stare at my shelves for a little while and be like, and just stare and like, Oh, that's kind of cool. So I, I just have a map, a mental map of what's up here. I've never accidentally purchased a book. I, I don't know. It's weird. That's amazing. I'm, you're so lucky. That's awesome. My, my process is I go to my omnibus shelf or my comic shelf and I look at it and it takes me 20 minutes to figure out what I'm going to start. And then I pick it and I go to my couch and I uh, just surf on my phone yeah. until I uh, go to bed. Yeah, I'll, I'll read one like chapter or 10 pages and be like, oh, what happened? <laughs> and just be on my phone. <laughs> But like, yeah, that segues into a question from earlier. Is there? I think it was Hal that had asked. Is there anything that? Oh, it was Kevin. Sorry, Cole Poppers. Y'all have that comic that you can't stop buying. Mine's Watchmen. I know I'm basic, but I have like five different copies. Oh. Are there things you intentionally doubled in? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Do you have one? Uh, I, do. I You've got one ready out of the can, and I got to think about it for a second. Okay. Preacher. <laughs> I have Preacher in single issues. I have the trade paperbacks. I have the books, which are like a trade and a half each, I think. Mm. I have the omnibuses, of which there are two. And then I've got the absolutes, the leather bound. There's three. Three preacher omni, uh, absolutes that I have as well. 
The only thing I don't have, which oh, I wish I did, and it's too late now, was um, like a, a piece of art from the series. I would love a Steve Dillon or a Glenn Fabry uh, original. We can't track that down? And not, not on this budget. Murder someone for it? <laughs> oh, sure. Hey, um, anyone who has some original art from Preacher... Give us your name, address, and the and weaknesses. Your weaknesses. Your weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, there's I'm I'm looking around and there's nothing that I explicitly have double dipped on. I'm really I'm pretty good at cycling out. So when I upgrade a uh, a format, I'll drop like the lowest one. But there's things that I definitely would double dip on. Like there's some there's some there's some stories that I would if it came out in like absolute. And I've already got a hardcover. I would, I would get that art big, um, or a slipcase version, or a numbered thing. Like there, there are things that I definitely would upgrade. But there's nothing really like Watchmen. I, you know, I've got the absolute, and I did sell my hardcover. I didn't think I needed both. So like I, I support double dipping, but I don't. There's nothing that I've got like triplicate of. Yeah. Right. Um. All right, that was a good question, though. That's great. Um, oh, and Hal says, I was about to eat some potato salad. Thanks a lot for that comment about your feet. Mm. Uh, Kevin, I find I double and triple buy stuff. I always said that one. Oh, and oh, he calls you out. He says, uh, Kevin says, no, dot, dot, dot. There is no way for you to know that if you don't organize. Oh, well, are we talking about single issues? I've. I don't know. Single issues I've accidentally, like, on a weekly basis or, like, I'll order from or pre-order and then get from the shop or grab and pull. Or if I want double covers, I'll do that. But no, man, I have never accidentally bought a trade. Ever. Ever. I think he must be talking about issues. Single issues happens. Yeah, that totally happens. Because, you know, like, I've got a pile of, like, first issues that I want to read but I haven't gotten to yet. I'll forget if I have the third and fourth, if I want to read the whole thing or yeah. Oh, he also says the app CLZ is great for tracking stuff. I use it, but I only use it to track my slabs. Oh, see, that sounds nice. How that sound? this, how this sounds lovely. Hmm. I love this. Hal says, I love to pick an afternoon and just organize my long and short boxes, playing some music or a podcast in the background. That sounds delightful. Do you have any children? Yeah. I do. <laughs> so that sounds delightful. And I won't I won't have that for a very long time now. Not until he's at the age where you could just give him ten dollars and go away. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, OK, that's we did it. There's the letters. If you have more questions or whatever, jot, jot them into the comments and we will we will do the thing. But until then, Noel, I have one question, one question only to ask you. It is die of a dire importance. Make sure your headphones are on. What you been up to this week, huh? Oh, um, you know what? That was a very surprising question. I did not think that you would ask me that. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. I am I'm, right off, right off. I'm the, a I'm little, my pants. I'm guy a little over taken here. aback. Um, yeah. It's neat that there was a banner for yeah. it too. You didn't even know. I, it was well, coming. I don't hit these buttons. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's our uh, our editor. Well, that's not. That's not. That's not true. Andrew, hi, Andrew. Hey. By the way, everyone say hi to Andrew, our editor. Hi, hi Andrew. Um, I pay him. I pay him with comic books. 
the best currency. Um, so I had a week off last week, um, which I spent organizing, cleaning, running errands. But one of the things I really wanted to do is I wanted to go see a movie. I love going to the movies. It's my happy place. <laughs> I just wanted to go to the movies. Um, okay. But there wasn't. Hey, no, whoa, whoa, there. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Two weeks prior, when I knew it was going to have time, I was like, JD, let's have, let's have a mandate. Let's go to a movie some afternoon that you can get free. Yeah. My time was running out. I had not looked up and gone to a movie yet. Uh, it was a random day. I literally was going to message you, but then you ended up messaging me like, hey, did you still want to go see no. a movie? Because uh, I actually have this afternoon yeah. off. And this is like a half hour before anything starts. And I was like, well, there's one thing that seemed interesting. <laughs> But I don't know if you're going to be into it. What do you think? Yeah. And you, without hesitation, you're just like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. <clears throat> yeah. So we saw Dragon Ball Super Superhero in IMAX. In IMAX? Yeah. So um, it's not uh, – there's nothing to be ashamed of in regards to Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. It's one mm-hmm. of the longest-running animes and mangas in the world. It's great. It's a soap opera. I unfortunately haven't seen a single stitch of it or read a word of it for close to 20 years. Like in late high school on Toonami, I was like, yeah, this is dope. But then I dropped out at the end of like the Cell Saga, which was like 400 years ago. Never watched the movies, never watched the subsequent shows. I got nothing. I know the baseline, Goku, super powered, yay. And his family tree. But I saw that this new movie was coming out. It was a new animation style. Apparently, it was a, it was a decent starting point, uh, which is debatable, for, like, modern Dragon Ball. And, frankly, I thought it would be weird and cool to see it in IMAX, to see a largest format, a 3D or a, a CG animated anime uh, in the largest format. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, so we saw Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Uh, before I say what I thought, JD, would you like to say what you thought of this film? Well, first I feel like I should say my history with Dragon Ball <clears throat> is none. I have no <laughs> history whatsoever. I have never dra- I've I've never dragoned a single ball. Never balled a dragon. Life. I never balled a dragon either. Um, I'm aware of it. I know that there's doofy looking folks with spiky hair and something about over 6,000 or over 9,000. And I don't know. You got to catch them all or some shit. I don't know. I'm never super. I've, I've never that's, dragon ball. That's a different ball. That's a- <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so when Noel said, cause the idea was when it first, when we broached the subject of going to a movie together, you were like, oh, we'll go see Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I am actively interested in seeing that. Yes. And so when I was expecting to text you and go see <laughs> Bullet Train, you said, let's go see Dragon Ball. I went, all right. <laughs> I've never Dragon Balled. Maybe it's the most amazing thing. Here's my chance to jump right in. And it's on IMAX. How doofy is that? It seemed to me like, oh, we'll go see Dragon Ball on IMAX. What a, what a neat idea. So um, we did that. And it was, I actually had a really fun time. The the movie was actually very silly and funny and um, the the CG was great. I usually don't like this type of um, CGI, this, I I don't know if it's called cell shaded or whatever, but it's, 
kind of 2D, but they take the 2D and then they make it look 3D. And it looks pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, with this particular project. And it had superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's up my alley. I like superheroes. So, yeah, I thought it was fun. I don't know what else I could really say about it other than you can kind of just mostly jump in. Mm-hmm. I did kind of do the lean and like, what, what, what is that? What's going on? Kind of thing, like maybe twice. They, um, yeah, they. But overall, it was like, I get what was it. it? They like they recap the entirety of like the Dragon Ball series in the first yeah. two minutes. <laughs> and then they just start their yeah. story. But and I, I, I didn't realize how much I don't watch anime because I started to recognize like some of the tropes, like characters fully recap twenty minutes ago in the movie, in conversation. Yeah. Which I was like, I get it if this was like episodes, but yeah, but we're talking like moments where like they get each other up to speed, but in other movies you don't, they don't show the audience that because it's it's just regurgitation or like i just saw that yeah. 20 minutes ago now this movie sits you through it so like when piccolo has to get pan up to speed about what's going on with her dad we saw it all but he sits yeah. there and tells her for a whole scene and you're just like uh okay so like the pacing yeah. was weird and kind of wonky and, and silly but the movie was fun as shit and you know what imax was cool it was super, super cool. IMAX was cool. It, like, it, it was. felt like a simulator ride because mm-hmm. this fully animated experience and the cameras panning and flying in and out, if the chairs moved, I would have been at Universal. It, it literally felt I, like a simulator That's ride. what I was – I was about to say it would have been cool if it was on like 4D. Like the 4DX thing? Yeah, that would have been cool. 4DX, yeah. Uh, yeah. If What did you, you – did you enjoy the movie having not visited – Dragon Ball and yeah, I, I mean, when I was like in the car ride there, I was just like, I think you know, from what I remember, it's it's paced all weird, it's um, super silly, but it's a soap opera, you know, like 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 wrestling, where you just kind of get invested in the very silly ongoings of these people, and it's very heightened emotion. So, like with that expectation going in, I was like, this is adorable. We laughed a lot, whether it was intentional we or did not, laugh. um, and. Some, and the animation and some of the fighting was just super dope. So, and, and honestly, by the time the third act hit and everyone's doing their crazy power-ups and, and oh, and, and one character, you know, sacrifices themselves for other characters, both of us were like, oh, he was so cool. Oh, bummer. Yeah, like, yeah. it was emotionally yeah. effective. So I was like, this is great. This is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, Kevin's in the chat saying, I highly recommend Dragon Ball Z abridged from Team Four Star on YouTube. Basically a satire Reddit or re- oh, re-edit, not Reddit, re-edit slash dub of the show by some fans over like 10 years. Oh, nice. I will absolutely, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I have been curious about starting <clears throat> Dragon Ball now. I was like, should I find where it's streaming? Should I try to find the original episode and like jump in and maybe enjoy it that way? Um, but I haven't gotten around to it because I'm watching like Better Call Saul. They they so um, retell like the if you ever if you ever want to feel old and underwater, just like go look at the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z like wiki page and see how many series, yeah. episodes, and movies, oh. and where so they bad. line up in the you know. Some of them, like some of the movies retell whole seasons. 
Some of them don't count. Some of them do count. Like it's, if you tried to do it in any kind of order, you, your head would explode. I, right. I'd go insane. Like it, it is, it's uh, going on so long. It's like, just jump. It's like a comic series. It's like, do you start Spider-Man at number one or do you start it at a new jump on point? And then if you want to go back, you go back, you know, like it's, you fly around. Speaking of feeling old, uh, I have a customer, Lou, and I was explaining to him that when we do the subscriptions and I have to read out the names for Ray uh, to put the, the books in the subscription, every time I read out Lou's name, I always think of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Lou today, I'm like, oh, do you know the movie Fight Club? I said, oh, you've seen Fight Club, right? And he's like, oh, that old, that old movie? And I was like, fuck you, old movie. Mm-hmm. You don't know where I've been, Lou. You don't know where I've been, Lou. Uh, yeah, that old movie. Eat shit. Yeah, Dragon Ball. Anyway, thank you, Kevin. Uh, I may actually look up uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Um, so, yeah, that was that was awesome. That was fun. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Um, you have something else? Uh, yeah, I've also taken a little bit of this, uh, this extra time to um, catch up on some reading. So I've been doing a lot of back issues, uh, trying to pull through my box, uh, and then my... <laughs> my box of unread stuff, but then also like some trades that I picked up on, on the fly, uh, plow through. I've read a lot of stuff. Um, but what kind of bubbled to the surface, uh, has been, um, uh, the first volume of a righteous thirst for vengeance by Rick Remender with art by Andre Lima Araujo. And oh. it's really good. And I still don't know what's going on. Um, oh yeah. So we, we read the first issue. We reviewed the first issue when it first came out a while ago. I think all of us were pretty positive on it, but with the caveat of, I wonder where it's going. Right. Like it was Mm -hmm. a little bit of a tentative. We'll see. Um, five issues, six issues in still don't really know where it's going, but it keeps shocking me and not in a, not in a, um, it's violent, but not in a kind of like, uh, grotesque and or unearned kind of way more in a I did not see that coming I did not see that coming oh, like um it's a nice. it feels like I'm reading um early 2000s late 1990s early 2000s um South Korean thrillers you know like old okay. boy or Mr. Vengeance or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance those kind of Park Chan-wook movies nice. which are by the way, Old Boy is coming back to theaters. Saw that. On. Which are mm-hmm. very tense, uh, unafraid to do very shocking things, um, do not explain what they're doing at all, like, at all times, like Western cinema or Western stories. Like they just, they just drop you in and it does it really well. Yep. Um, so it's, it's hard to say like A plus, everyone should read this because I think it takes a very specific kind of person or fan to actually enjoy the process. Um, yeah. it's an ongoing, I guess. I don't know how long this could last because it's a very tight, tense story thus far. I think issue 11 or 12 is the most recent. Yeah. A registered vengeance. The, and I, I can't help. The main character looks exactly like Benedict Wong from, uh, yeah. so I can't not hear him and see him. And that's fine. If they ever, yep. if they ever made this into a movie or something, do it just cast him and get it over with. But, um, it's so, it's so ridiculous that I was like, Oh, was he involved with yeah. the project? Did he write this as, uh, what, what's it's, going on? It's basically, yeah. it's basically this, this guy in Toronto who stumbles upon a murder scene, but then 
or a professional murder scene. So it was done by a professional. He recognizes some traits or some things on the, in the scene, it's like runs away, gets out of there. And then under his floorboards at home, he pulls out a thumb drive and is able to access the dark web. And he looks up exactly who took the hit and where they're going next and attempts to save the next victim from this hired killer. What we don't know yet is how the fuck he's able to access the dark web, what he knows, what he doesn't know. It's just this seemingly schlubby guy who's now run afoul of some hired killers on the dark web. And I thought maybe he's a retired one or something, but he's fucking useless. He doesn't know how to use a gun. He stumbles over everything. So I, 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 it's still a mystery to me as to how he's in this situation, but it's, it's, yeah. it's enthralling. It's very good. It's very, very good. It's not like anything else Rick Remender is doing. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, did you keep up with, speaking of Remender, <clears throat> did you keep up with Deadly Class? Uh, I have it all. I haven't read it in years. Yes. I literally just have I read it there the first on the shelf waiting to go. Yeah. Yeah. I keep meaning to, and I just never do it. I've been, it's, I keep there's a couple of books off. that I just keep picking up because I know I'll want them. Uh, and I know yeah. that I will read them, especially like Remender's oversized hardcovers always go out of print really fast. So even though I'm not up to date, um, I will pre-order them with you and stuff. So like, you know, yeah. I've got black science, even though I've only read two thirds of it, death and glory, deadly class. Like they're all just waiting. Uh, but I, yeah. I felt like I couldn't necessarily wait to get it later because this shit just always goes out of print. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like Tokyo Ghost over there. Apparently it's been out of print for a gajillion years um, and people are paying up the butt online for it, but I, I have yet to read it. It's just sitting there. Oh, Tokyo Ghost is great. It's The first issue is too kinetic and it feels like you're on speed, uh, but then it, it hits the brakes and it's, it's real good after that. <clears throat> Um, let's see. Oh, oh, the kink of squat cobbling is more for the viewer. I believe he, he believes he believes he doesn't know. Not sure. It's not him. It's he's talking about a friend of his, um, for the viewer, I believe than the person doing the squat cobbling, there's a diaper element. And I think it's a humiliation kink. Also, they totally made it up for the show. Ah. That's not true. Well, I don't know if they made it up for the show because I know that there are videos of like people out there sitting on cakes and stuff. So maybe they just took the cake. Oh, what's that? Oh, okay. Nightwing year one. So uh, I guess Christopher St. Sounds Good Night uh, follows me on social media. Um, so uh, I have these hardcovers, these oversized hardcovers, Robin year one, uh, Batgirl year one. Uh, and these are by. When did you get these, those? Oh, a long time ago, when they first came out. So this is, oh, yes. this is, uh, you know, by the, uh, piece of shit of a person, Chuck Dixon. Excellent writer, though. Oof. Um, He's so good. But uh, so it's a series of it's three hardcovers, uh, and the third one was Nightwing Year One. Um, uh, which, I don't think I ever read that. Neither had I. Um, who, I sat on who it. Who drew it? Oh, uh, Scott Beatty, Scott McDaniel, and Scott eh. Beatty. Um, I sat on it. Yeah. Uh, and it went out of print so fast and is one of the hardest things to find I've ever looked for. Like it was, a, it was a whale. So this past week, I finally tracked down a copy, uh, in one of our like Facebook 
groups. groups. Uh, and the guy was he very, very well could have charged me like tried to charge me like $200 and I would have just been like, no, I'm good. Uh, but he wanted some trades of stuff that I was going to sell anyway. So I was like, yeah, I'll absolutely send you $150 worth of books that I'll never read or touch again for that. And so I made a little video of it going into my shelf. Oh, nice. very proud of this. Um, remember when, remember when you used to do uh, thunder rounds? Yeah. What do you want me to that do was thunder great. rounds? Like, that was a good you want to do a thunder round? Yeah, always. Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking about just doing them for the. I mean, I don't even know if we have to do them on on YouTube anymore. We could just do them for TikTok. Uh I mean, it's probably easier. I don't read my books fast enough now. So hey, uh, peek behind the sausage. Um, because we don't do <clears throat> weekly books every week. I don't read my weekly comics as fast. But I guess I, I could. Yeah, could. Anyway. Um, all right. So uh, Black Science was great, says Kevin. I didn't know there was a Nightwing year one, and it's not written by Chuck Dick. And it's not written by Chuck Dixon. Double plus good. Yeah, it is. It's written by Chuck Dixon. <clears throat> it's it's Scott Beatty uh, and Chuck, oh. Dick, Chuck Dixon. Sorry. No. Yeah. Do you have anything to ask me? Oh, um, well, I feel like any questions. I feel like it. It would. I would want to know what you been up to this week. Huh? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Thank you for asking. I was so, uh, man, what a surprise. Ooh. This is nice. Thank you. It's nice that you uh, asked me these things. You know. Um, finally, someone cares. I finished League of Their Own, the TV show that is on the television, and it's a show, and it was great. It was awesome. Um, Abby something stuff. Jacobson. Jacobson from Broad City. Broad Jacobs? Broad City. Jacobson. Yeah. Jacobson. Whatever. Um, and also the lady from the other show. Darcy Garden. <laughs> She's prepped. Darcy Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from um, The Good Place. Yeah. And it, it it's great. It's Very really, good. really good. Uh, you're the first one to tell me, because uh, I knew it was coming and I was excited about it, but as per usual, it just sort of like dropped and I didn't know it dropped. Mm-hmm. And you were like, hey, I can watch this. So I did. We blew through it. It was awesome. Very, very different from the movie, which I have a high fondness for. I really liked the the movie back in the day. Um, And this one makes that movie look like trash. Um, This one deals with, I think, more elements Mm -hmm. uh, of the past more troublesome elements of the past than that movie did. Yeah. Um, that one was like a cute little glazing yeah. over um, <laughs> what had happened. And this one is like a little deeper. Yeah. Um, it deals with more things. Um, and it was, man, it's so good. It's so good. I was into it beginning to end. And uh, I'm hoping that there will be more seasons of it. And because I only saw the movie, I thought, well, what are they going to do at the end of the season? Like, it's going to be a one season show. Like, what else is going to happen? There's plenty more to talk about apparently and and to discuss um with uh the history of of the peaches and and the 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 teams and all that yeah what is it the aapgl like the all-american girl i wasn't gonna try yeah all-american girl pro baseball league and then they eventually dropped girl but so i yeah i was very ignorant to the actual history and everything too so like just watching the movie i was like oh they only got to play for a little while it went on for like eight years 
the league was like went on for the entirety of the war and a little after too. So like they could mine it for a while, but yeah, the show is it was so good. Like it do, it makes yeah. the movie look like a uh, happy go lucky cartoon, and the show is a little a lot of it deeper because you can spend time with these people. Also, uh, you can talk about things that probably weren't uh, as open or media didn't have language for uh, 30 years ago when the movie came out. Actually, I saw I saw a little interview with Rosie O'Donnell, who was in the original film, mm-hmm. and Penny Marshall had directed the film. And um, Rosie uh, was talking about how she wanted to read a certain scene a certain way, mm-hmm. a.k.a. gay as hell. And uh, Penny Marshall was like, no, nah, we shouldn't do that. You're, like She didn't want her to do, she's like, make it less gay. And so uh, Rosie O'Donnell just kept doing it the same exact way. <laughs> she was like, I'm just going to keep doing it the way I'm doing it. <laughs> she would pretend that she was doing it a different way. How was that take? Was that a better take? And she would just do the exact same thing <laughs> because she wasn't going to back down from making it gay uh, because it really did speak to her specifically. And um, she thought it was very important. So the fact that this this show is gay as hell, gay as as the day is long, mm-hmm. um, and it's really well done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we 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 this household ate through it in its like first week, mm-hmm. and can't wait for a second season. Hopefully, they'll get one. Christopher Goodnight says Nightwing Year One just came out this year. It feels like, and it's already sold out. I'm sure I could have gotten you a copy from my local shop. It's one of the first things as I read as it was coming out because it followed War Drums and War Games, which is what brought me into comics. I mean, I, um, I should have pre-ordered it also. I just waited. And by the time anything, it was out of print. It, came, it didn't come out this year. It came out in like 2020, 2021. It's, I, mean, I do not remember that at all. I'm surprised I didn't order any of them. It's weird. They're the worst. Anyway. I don't know what to say. Um, so... <clears throat> That's what we've been doing this week, huh? That's it? I, that's it. Yay! I, um, the rest of the show is going to be about some of the comics from this past month. But before we talk oh, about those. but first, if you want to help us out, you should go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo and help us out with your hard-earned money. Uh, if you want, if that's your thing. If it's not your thing, then don't do it. Uh, you can also go to, um, we're also live streaming on YouTube and Facebook Live. And give us your money and go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Like, comment, review. Put in your credit card information. Send direct money. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? You could just, we'll, we'll just, we'll get a QR code for your, for Cash App. Untraceable. Yeah. If you want to Venmo me or PayPal me directly, I t- if you want to come carry give your me pigeon. cash. Or just patron the Kevin store. Sa- now, yeah, or yes, come shop at my stop, my shop. Uh, Kevin says, give these fools money. <laughs> support what you like. Oh, see, <laughs> no, don't support what you like, but do give these fools money. Uh, it just Because that's contingent upon them liking us. Just buy comics. <laughs> yeah, come buy comics. Um, speaking of comics, should we talk about some of the books that came out this month? Let's do it. We're only going to talk about four of them. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be a super loaded. We're just talking about four. four. Oh, there we go, four. Do you want to start us off with our first book? Uh, not Patreon.com. Oh, go to Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructive. Yeah, working on it. Working on it. Yeah. I don't push these buttons. What's going on? Oh, we're going to start with Batman. 
Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler from DC Comics, written by Tom King, with art by Mitch Jarrods, the uh, what's it, Dilly? Uh, solicitation. It the solicitation says the most dangerous game of wits Batman and Riddler have ever played. Dot, dot, dot. The Riddler is one of Batman's most intellectual villains and the one who lays out his clues the most deliberately. The Riddler is always playing a game. There are always rules. But what happens when the Riddler kills someone in broad daylight for seemingly no reason? No game to play? No cipher to break down? Batman will reach his wit's end trying to figure out the Riddler's true motivation in this incredible thriller. So... Christopher St. Saucy earlier had said something about you can't tell a full story in two issues. Uh, I say you can tell a story in one issue. Oversized. You can tell a story in part of an issue. Yeah. Um, there are anthologies that do it all the time. There's like, you know, six, six stories in one anthology. And this one not only tells its story in one issue, oversized issue, I would say it could have done it in five less issues or five less pages. Uh, there was a, there was a middle chunk here where I was like, all right, come on. This is just a scene of Batman going up to a roof with a bunch of text boxes over it. Uh, it felt a little much. I'm trying to think what scene That being about. said, once I uh, got to the end of it, I was like, oh, that was great. Now, I do have a question about the end of it. Noel and I had different takes but otherwise, this was basically – remember when Jeff Johns took over The Flash and he systematically went through the rogues gallery and started leveling them up? Mm -hmm. This felt like a nice level up for the Riddler. Mm -hmm. I thought this was real cool. Uh, the stuff they did with the Riddler and the way they made him genuinely scary. Now, I feel like we saw this before in The War of Jokes and Riddles. We saw a, an inkling of this. I never read that. There is a scene where the Riddler – is um, either in prison or going to prison or going to Arkham. And he does something very similar to a scene in this book where he's like, oh, yeah, you're that guard. You've got this child and this child. They're born on this day. Your wife goes here. And he just sort of like listed all of the things about this person because he does all his research. So Did it turn out the same way? Um, or no. with a different – yeah, okay. Yeah. Same writer. So I'm uh, thinking, so like, did, you, did he curve himself or did he just like up himself? Right. He just took that and then went further with it. What did you think of this uh, issue? Um, I thought it was great. But before before that, like, I, can we talk about like the concept of the series, which I think is kind of interesting? Oh, please. Like, so yeah. the title One Bad Day is in reference to I think it's in The Killing Joke where the Joker mm -hmm. essentially articulates to Batman that the only difference between me and you is one really bad day. How like how it turns you or me? That's the only difference is one bad day. So the idea of the series, it's going to be eight issues, eight oversized prestige issues, different creative team each one, and it's just focused on a villain. So I think the next one is like the Penguin by John Ridley and Giuseppe Camoncoli, and uh, Tom Taylor's doing one, Mariko Tamaki's doing one. So like none of them are connected. As far as I know, they're literally all just short stories in their own universes. One bad day focused on this villain. What I didn't know and what I don't know going forward is, is that Bruce's one bad day or the villain's one bad day? Mm -hmm. Because this issue 
makes it it it's a reveal. I, are we do we're doing spoilers? Whatever. This has been out for like three weeks. Or well, yeah. It has it been three weeks? Holy shit! I think like two or three weeks. Yeah, maybe two. Maybe two. Okay. Um, do you want to spoil the ending? Because I, I think it's a it's a deep it's a it's a good conversation. I just don't know if anybody had a chance to read it yet. We both highly recommend it for anyone who wants to skip ahead a couple of minutes or come back in a couple of minutes. We are going to spoil the end of this, but we both say you should pick it up and read it, right? Yeah, it's a great journey regardless whether you know what happens at the end or not. Um, All right. It's, Go ahead. Spoiler alert from here on. It's Batman's bad day because – so the, the issue starts with a, uh, the perspective of a random human. Uh, fun, nine panel grids, intro, uh, a really fun intro. All of a sudden, the panels go black while he's looking at his phone. And then you will find out on the next page, it's because the Riddler walked up behind him and blew his, his brains out with no provocation. Yep. Um, the book ends in the perspective of the Riddler after he's done all these terrible things and, put, and, and essentially pressed Bruce slash Batman against the wall and he can't act in any other way. Um, it repeats that paradigm where it's in his perspective and then Batman shows up behind him and then the panels go black. To me, that means he pushed Batman too far and he finally killed him, which is a tough pill to swallow for, you know, the character or fans of the character in general. Cause you know, the thing about Batman is he does not take it to that point. He does not murder but they did this in The Killing Joke already, where it was left to the imagination that he was choking. Oh. You know, and it, it, like, it goes away, and you don't know yeah. if... Like, the laughing stops for one of them, <laughs> and you're like, did, you, did he kill him? Um, so I think, that, I think that Batman killed him. And why it doesn't bother me is because this whole issue systematically set up just how awful and awful Edward was and is and continues to be and took away almost all of the things that he could do. Oh, my God. He did. He did kill him. He did kill him. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. I just had a revelation. The, the short of it is I did not think he killed him. It didn't occur to me that he killed him. Yes, that's the same device that was used earlier in the beginning of the book. But I still thought it's Batman. He just, you know, he Dark Knight returned him. He just like broke all of his bones and stuff to which I thought, I mean, that's still not going to stop the Riddler once he heals. Right. He's going to still do the thing that he said he was going to do, which was crazy bonkers shit. So, oh, man. So the, but the, the second to last panel before it goes black is a callback to uh, a riddle that uh, Riddler was trying to figure out earlier, yeah. which is. Though we meet but once, you know me forever thereafter. Death. Death. Holy shit. Yeah. He kills him. Yeah. It's, ah. it's, uh, oh, this was good. This is the right kind of like divisive because it's really, you ah. can't deny that it's really well done. Even if you, yeah. you know, emotionally cannot handle and or do not agree with Batman stepping over. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, no, I don't know if they're officially black label. They probably are. I don't know. I don't have. I mean, a, they should be. I don't have a copy in front it's of me. Batman's Merkin folk. <laughs> um, it was a very violent book because, like, Digma does some shit. Uh, some off, yeah, like some seven level awful shit. Um, 
I, I, cause I was, I was sitting here going, how are they like, once they've done this, I was thinking it was in continuity and I was going, if they've done this to the Riddler, how are they going to ever undo this with the Riddler? You know what I mean? Um, and the fact that he, he just straight up mercs him at the yeah. end, I thought, uh, that, that solves it. Um, it, it was a great bait. And Kevin says, thanks for the spoilers. You just sold this <laughs> book so hard. I need this. I, it was it really, uh, yeah, man, it was great. It was a really, really good bait and switch because the entire, the entire issue is the escalation of Edward Nigma and all the things that he's already planned for. And you're thinking the whole time, like this is his, you know, this is him leveling up. This is him becoming like not a minus or B plus villain. This is him becoming the nastiest villain that, that Batman has. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's just like, Oh no, this is Bruce's one bad day. This, this was what tipped him over the edge and Holy shit. That's awesome. Um, so while we did spoil the end of the book, I don't think we spoiled the most badass section of the series of this issue, um, which is what the reason that you find out that um, Batman has no other choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. The Riddler's plan and what and the revelation of what Riddler, <laughs> the revelation of what Riddler has done in the past during everything other series. Yeah. Like. Like the killing joke. It's, 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 this is Ugh. so, this is so this effing great. great. Um, and the more we talk about it, the more, right. I love it. Um, so yeah. there's a, it's just, it's just really good. I like having, having listened to and read interviews of Tom King. Um, he writes these stories like this and Batman Catwoman and, and a lot of his like black label stuff. Um, not, or in Supergirl which was really great. Um, not necessarily intending them to be in continuity, but with mm-hmm. the intention that they could, if somebody wants to later, like he's, he is a believer in comics being malleable and whatever, like, yeah. so a writer 10 years from now can literally take this if they want to and place it into continuity. Not unlike how they did with the killing joke. The killing joke was not in continuity for a very long time until they wanted to reference it in continuity. So he's, he takes these stories seriously, not in a, nah, fuck it, it's an Elseworlds, whatever. He's like, no, I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter now, but I'm going to write it like it could, or it would, or it does. And it shows, it's just so good. This was, this was wonderful. Um, I also like, uh, <laughs> Kurtwood Smith is Riddler's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Red? Yeah. There's red, <laughs> and uh, his this whole the all the young man young Edward subplot stuff is awesome, super super awesome. Yeah, uh, the subplot with you know uh, Bruce continuing to kind of check in on the widow of the 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 guy that was killed at the beginning. Mm. There's so like this is an 80, 80 page ninety page. It's it's a, huh, it's a I didn't notice it's this. a very long story. Oh yeah, uh, look at this. Isn't that cool? Dude, we could spend another 25 minutes talking about Mitch Jarrett's just fucking nailing Art. this book. Yeah. This, although he draws fingers real weird in that one scene. Uh, and also I, I'm not entirely sure your fingers could get chopped off the way they got chopped off. That was the one thing where I was like, this seems very silly to me. And the way that Mitch Jarrett's draws fingers, uh, <laughs> I was a little confused. Oh. Like they all look, this is before they get cut off and the tips of them all look like they've been cut off already. They look like, He's like pulling. cut sausages. It's, it's like this, not like this. It's like this. Yeah, I know, but they look, they look, 
they don't look rounded at the tip. They look flattened. Mm. You're right. Especially, especially the look at the look at the right hand. Hold on. You're right. Fuck this art. Don't pick up this book. Yeah, this guy's the <laughs> fucking worst. Look at look at this. Look at the why is yeah. his middle finger? Oh, um, so tiny. I, I just I saw that as like it's just different perspectives. Like he's doing this, like yeah. trying to jump. This is for for those listening. We're literally putting our hands up to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just envision it. It's great. Yeah, think it's it, really good. Think it through. It's really, We're doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. selling it. This is a visual medium for <laughs> yeah. The, be- the, be- the art, the rest of the art is amazing though. It's just that I was looking at those fingers going, what have you done? <laughs> this is a wonderful book. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. So, yeah. And I, they are, so this, they're coming out in prestige format once a month from now until I think February or March, every villain you can think of, except the Joker, the Joker does not have an issue. Um, Good. it's, I like that too. I think it's in the, it's in the back of this book. It actually, all of them coming up. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, McKelvey's doing the Catwoman one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, Jamie, <clears throat> nice. Um, but the weird thing is that these are coming out in issues. Starting, like, March of next year, they're reprinting them in hardcover. That's so Single weird. Single hardcovers. That's so weird. It works. It's the same length as Pulp, you know, and, and some of the... some yeah. of the 64 pages. Same length. So um, I'm I'm a little torn. Like, if they're all this good, yeah, hardcover would be dope. But I'm no, sure just they give will me one hardcover. I don't need of all of them. I don't need eight hardcovers. I mean, if it comes in a like if so, if they do it like they did, the except Dark for maybe Knight, this one, I might get right? this one in hardcover. If they do it for like what they did yeah. with the Dark Knight three, which I don't recommend anyone reading, yeah. but. If you got if you got the the hardcover issues, the last one came with a giant slipcase, and they all went oh, together. That's, nice. like, that's what I want so bad. Yeah. Anyway, this was great. Nice. I'm super happy. You no, know, this is yeah. I, I'm almost a little disappointed that it's not this same team doing each of the villains. To be uh, honest, it wouldn't be coming out. Like the other ones may be as good as this, but this one's such. This was like. Yeah, knocked it out of the park so hard that I'm like, I want you guys to do this one. If I can remember, so yeah, Bane, Riddler. I remember Mr. Freeze is Jerry Duggan and Matteo Scalera, which I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Two Face is Mariko Tamaki. I forget the artist. Raja Ghoul is um, Tom Taylor and Ivan Reese, Uh, and. Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly are doing the Clayface one, I think. Hmm. So it's it's up and down. It's it's like new names, and you know bangers. Uh, I think this is cool. Mm-hmm. It's very it's a very cool idea. Yeah, I do like the idea of it. Uh, all right, next up on the docket is Avengers One Million. One million BC. One million BC. Avengers One Million BC. Numbers are hard for me. <laughs> uh, and this is by Jason Aaron. And Kev Walker, the secret origin of Thor revealed they are the defenders of the dawn of time, Marvel's first and mightiest legacy heroes. But their greatest secrets have never been revealed until now. Witness the dark events that shatter their ranks. See how their lives come to shape the entire future of the Marvel Universe and be there for the monumental event that reunites them one last time. The true story of Thor's birth. 
Burf. Um, Burf. Welcome to Burf. Um, <laughs> this, this is this, this is um fine. It's, this was fine. I have I have not been keeping up with Avengers by Jason Aaron. Um, so a lot of this, but uh, you know, I wouldn't say there's that much that I needed to know uh, other than. I mean, yes and Gaia no. was Thor's mom. It was revealed that Gaia, 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 Gaia. was Thor's mom, and um, <clears throat> yes, I already knew that already. I guess there wasn't really. What was the big? What any big surprises in this that I didn't know? Well, the 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 phoenix of it all. Yeah, that's what's new. Because so, like, it's it's a as as this is this is this issue was pretty accessible for the most part. Yeah, um, I would say so. But yes. it was also weirdly in the weeds really hard of the 60 issues of his Avengers run <laughs> because they it all of this stuff with like the 1 million BC Avengers, which he started at the very beginning of his run five years ago. So like he's yeah. looping back around a lot of these these concepts um, and midway through all that, he introduced the idea that actually um the phoenix force considers thor her son i am one i am your mother i am i'm you know they lied to you there's more to it uh and he's like you're full of shit so this whole time for i don't know maybe 20 or 30 issues since that's been kind of thrown out there um we didn't know and the the royal we uh, of readers of this run didn't know if they were going to retcon Thor's parentage or there's something else to it. And this just kind of reveals that there's basically something else to it. Uh, Phoenix, knowing that she can't stay on Earth because it's her nature to raise planets, um, but wants to make sure that it's left with a a hero to protect it past, yes. you know, because she is already seeing the nastiness of Odin, you know, the shittiness of him. He's a uh, Odin's got some hardcore bro energy in Jason Aaron's runs. He's just he's just yes. an idiot. Um, yeah. Uh, so she he's young Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So she basically I don't know how I feel about this. She basically convinces Gaia to allow Odin to court her because yeah. it, with the promise that it will benefit the world you know, going forward and I'll be here with you and we'll do this together. So it's not that she is in any way an actual, well, she is though, kind of, she saves the child. So she's more of a spiritual. She brings him back to life, right? With, with her fire. Yeah. So like she is a, is a two hander. Thor's birth was a two hander. The simple story is that it's Gaia's, Mm -hmm. um, the little bit more convoluted story, which I think that's, Somebody, somebody read this and said, this is convoluted. I would not disagree with them. I enjoyed it, but it yeah. is, it's pretty convoluted. The whole like born of fire and thunder and earth Thor is, you know, the greatest hero. And they all claim his, to be his mother. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think, uh, this story being told uh, the way it was does not make me think that Phoenix is his mother. No, no, more like a midwife yeah. or just uh Yeah. Like a like a doctor. Yeah, like a like a like a like a dope ass aunt. <laughs> yeah, like a dope ass aunt. Yeah. yeah. Phoenix is your dope ass aunt. Yeah. Now 
did they explain what happened with um oh shitty tits what's her name um his uh, odin's wife um freya freya yeah uh she showed up in the um uh thor run she's she's with cuz like uh, with angela hunting and sowing the earth while no I, i'm sorry i mean like did, uh, oh he she's always thor been all this time stepmom thor knew oh has she yeah, i didn't know thor that thor knows that his his true mother is is gaia um freya came after the fact Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she's... That, the Gaia thing was news to me. Freya's the woman that raised her. That raised him. Oh. Um, it's, right, yeah. And I know this because of the secret history of the Marvel I Universe. I know this because Tyler written knows Written by this. Mark Wade with art by Javier, uh, Javier Rodriguez. Javier Rodriguez? I've never heard of yeah. it. I hear it's delightful. It's, uh, it's in the beginning of that book, uh, Gaia okay. Giving Birth. Of course, they omit this for its history we did not know of until now. Uh, this run is cool. Okay. This is uh, a this is a uh, Jason Aaron's story. This is the beginning of the end of his run. All of this is. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, okay. and it's a one shot. I was surprised that this is a one shot. Yeah. So, like this seeds uh, Avengers Assemble, which is like an Omega issue or an Alpha issue with uh, Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch is doing the art. Um, and then it's a full. There was a there was a day where I would have been excited. <laughs> And then it's a whole, like, uh, big old climax that's going through both of the Avengers books, Avengers and Avengers Assemble. Right? Yeah. What about Avengers Forever? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the other way around. Avengers Forever. Sorry. Avengers Forever, okay. Avengers, his two Avenger books, and it's just going to all climax in this all this um, multiversal Mephisto shit is just his big finale. Which I think is going to be. By I feel the end like of I should year. catch up. I need to catch up. I, I straight. I straight love this run. It's every arc is a is an event. Um, it's it's very. It's silly. It's like big yeah, comic book big, silly. It's big fun comic books. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the way I feel about it, and I just haven't gotten a chance to like sit and plow through it. I, I adore this run. I I I really really like it. He. Every anniversary issue, like he did it at issue twenty five, at issue fifty he closes up a big story thread and then introduces one that's bigger. Like at issue 50, it was like all of the, all of the She-Hulk, uh, heroes reborn stuff. World War kind of ended world war. She-Hulk. Yeah. That, that kind of all got picked up. But then at the same time he introduced all this multiversal shit and it's just like, dude, it's 50 issues into your run and you're introducing like 10 more things. Like, yo, yeah. This is going to end up being like a seven-year run on Avengers, and it's I, I love it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. What do you think? Two omnibuses? Three omnibuses? Uh, well, I mean, are you counting the Heroes Reborn one that's coming out? So it like the, Oh, that's getting its own omnibus. And they could do it in two. So, so Avengers is going to be around 70 issues. Avengers Assemb- or Avengers Forever is going to be around 20 issues. And then all of the side stuff. So like this, uh, the anniversary issues. I mean, they could easily make it three. Hmm. But then again, they did okay. Thor in two. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. What's next up? Next I'll on the it's uh, freaking ah, it's Superman Space Age. Number one, Superman Space Age. Number one. 
DC Comics by uh, Mark Russell, with art by Mike Allred. Meet Clark Kent, a young reporter who just learned that the world will soon come to an end. Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there is nothing he can do to save it. Sounds like a job for his alter ego. Ghost Rider. Super dude. After, ye- <laughs> after years of standing idle, the young man from Krypton defies the wishes of his fathers to come out to the world as the first superhero of the space age. As each decade passes and each new danger emerges, he wonders if this is the one that will kill him and everyone he loves. Superman realizes that even good intentions are not without their backlash as the world around him transforms into a place as determined to destroy itself as he is to save it. Um, this is fine. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't. I don't care about Michael. I was going to say, how do you uh, the feel way about he, all that? The way he draws the human figure in different poses and different actions is always stilted and strange and a little off to me. Um, the dude's like a fucking 40, 30, 40 year veteran. He's been working forever. And I feel like sometimes it still looks kind of amateurish with uh, how he poses people. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's just my personal taste. Uh, he's, he's also very talented in a, a wide berth of other um, uh, sort of artistic uh, styles um but just the the way he poses his figures is the one thing that always it is drives me it's, nuts. I, and his hands i think his it, hands drive me nuts too. if it wasn't for his wife's coloring i yeah it, that helps a lot i was gonna say like his it's not necessarily his forms like if it was anyone else coloring his work i think it wouldn't work but because it they like they're like go to that that first panel that first page him walking through like the crystal corridors that yeah i if it was anyone yeah. else's colorings they didn't necessarily kind of know how to lean into michael red's art i don't think it would ever work yeah um, um but you're right it's, it's not it's i think look, look at this here we go here we go look at this panel of bruce wayne and lex luther meeting each other and their the way their bodies are positioned the lean in and the shrug yeah I think it's so it's so strange. I, you know, it's funny, though, like this is a personal preference thing, because I think the things yes. that you don't necessarily like about his work are things that people adore about his work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind rest, of in the I middle. Mean, the book looks good. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I I know exactly what you're saying. It doesn't bother me, though. Like Mike Allred doesn't bring me to a book. But I no. but he doesn't throw me off one either. And I'm I'm actually really looking forward to finally reading the Silver Surfer run with Dan Slott. Yeah, um I heard that was good. But it's Mark Russell puts me on a book. Yeah. And I love the idea. So yeah, tell me. <laughs> well, I love the idea of this. So like the, huh? the the book starts in nineteen eighty five with him and his family and they're just preparing for the world to end. And I didn't read the solicitation, so I didn't know that he's actually doing the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's, this is a 20-year actual story. It starts in this, like, it's it jumps back between the 60s and the 80s. Um, and it's like a retelling of the first 20 years of publication, I guess, up until Crisis. Oh. Well, that's the, impl- that's the impression I'm getting. Like, this is, uh, this is what if... Uh, we got to talk about the first 20 years or that 20 years before 
DC's reboot, which I think is kind of cool. Um, does uh, New Frontier do this better? Absolutely. But I also think oh that it's... God, that's all I... This whole time I was going, Just get, I just want to read New Frontier. I... I'm in on this. I think it's okay. Like, it didn't wow me as a first issue. I had to read it in two sittings. It's a very long prestige issue book. It's like, this one's like 80 pages. Um, but I, I could see what Mark Russell's trying to pull off. Um, he's doing a speed run of that era of Superman. And he's constantly bringing up actual historical touch points for that, for those 20 years. The assassination yeah. of JFK, um, uh, the space race, or yeah, the, the space race, the, the um, nuclear proliferation, which is stuff that he's interested in, and he's just kind of mirroring it on Superman. But I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone yet. This all all ninety pages was a lot of introductory nifty idea stuff, not anything meaty yet. So, I mean. Even though it was 90 pages, it didn't feel like much story-wise, right. right? So maybe this... Yeah, it took me forever to get through it. Maybe, <laughs> this should have, maybe this should have been an OGN or something a little bit different. Or maybe it's not the right artist. Mm. Aesthetically, it's the right artist, but it's not a very kinetically told book. So the dry points that may be necessary feel dry. I, I, I want this... I. I I'm very interested to read the next issue because I, I, you know what this I is? think they haven't to gotten me, to where they want to be uh, yet. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Do you know how long this run is supposed to be? Three issues. Okay. Uh, this felt like if you took New Frontier and Spider-Man Life Story and mushed them together. Yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit more like Life Story, but yeah. But see, even with Life Story, they they were quicker segmented chunks because it was a decade per issue. Right. Um, yeah. this is going back and forth, but you only get to see the eighties like twice. And then it's a speed run of the first five years of the sixties. And it's just, this is actually the, the panel you're showing right now where Lex Luthor pretty much convinces the U S military cool. to nuke coast city off the map. Um, yeah that's when the story actually kicked in but it happens on like page 56 or 60 and like it takes a while to get there um so i don't know i I, i'm I'm hoping that it's i I very much love mark russell as a writer so i'm hoping this clicks with me like there was nothing bad it just wasn't great yeah for me no i agree um it wasn't bad i just don't think it was also very good um uh yeah i just uh it makes me want to go back and revisit um <clears throat> new frontier i don't need an excuse by darwin cook i don't need an excuse to revisit darwin cook oh new frontier yeah. i love that book so much that i actually considered getting a new printing of the absolute because i have the first one because the covers are different that's how much i love that really book. yeah it's the, oh i didn't know that the cover for the update is a is a different and it's cool it's really cool uh but i was like i don't need to, to do that it's okay yeah um he's one of my favorites um darwin cook he's i actually have uh the absolute parker martini edition 
volume two on my desk right now. <laughs> He's not my favorite. He's just the best. Oh, that's good. I like that. Period. That's that's good. He's literally um, the best. Do you? Anthony Drago is in the comments saying, "Do you think All Red works better as a cosmic story, like the Slot Silver Surfer Run? That book looks amazing." Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he he works better with say, yeah. fantastical stuff. So like even Madman works better. Um, the Ecstatic Run works better. It's when it's. I, I don't. I don't. He captures satire better than he captures kind of like a halcyon age, goldeny, member berries kind of thing that I think Mark Russell's going for. I am never emotionally moved by Mark or by I'm sorry, all red art. I, I I'm never <coughs> in the story enough. He keeps me at a distance from whatever's happening on page. Um, it's almost more like an Archie style. Mm. Uh, so if there's anything that is heartbreaking or emotionally heavy, All Red doesn't get me there. You know, some people say that about John Romita Jr. Oh, I get that, too. I get that. Uh, sure. Which is a perfect segue into the next book. Oh, I see what you've done. Ah, and I love it. Spell it out. How? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, spell it out. A-M-A-Z-I. Amazing Spider-Man number eight or legacy. uh, Thank you. Well done. Legacy issue number 902. (laughs) Written by Zeb Wells with art by John Romita Jr. Spider-Man has a new costume and accessories that look vaguely familiar. Is that a glider? Y'all, if you guys like the Spidey-Man, this current, first of all, the well, no, okay, all right. This run is great. The Zeb Wells, John Romita Jr., Amazing Spider-Man is bonkers good. I'm really, yeah. really digging it. It feels like a throw, like not a throwback, but it feels like a um, uh, not a callback. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a, it feels like classic good Spider-Man stories. Is what I'm trying to say. And I, I cut myself off because I was about to say, oh, the last run was awesome too, the um, Beyond run. Oh, yeah. But that I cannot in good conscience uh, recommend to everyone because it's all about Ben Riley, Peter Parker's clone. Uh, that's basically his run. Uh, so being a Ben Riley fan, I am uh, uh, hardwired to love it. I'm not a Ben Riley fan, and, and I'm not I sure really I, like Beyond. I think it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I was I did a TikTok. Someone had asked. And so I did a TikTok about uh, where it's a good jumping on point for Spider-Man. And I was saying this and then I was also saying beyond. But I'm not entirely sure that's for everyone. I would I would because if you're if you're if you want Spider-Man, you're probably there for Peter. I mean, I, you know, having read half of beyond, it's just as much about Peter. I'd say this like I would say in the same way that one of the best runs, if not the best run of Captain America is when he died. It's just as much about Captain America, even though Steve oh, Rogers good. is not there. I that's true. Yeah, I Beyond is a great jumping on point. It's contained. It's great. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Um, th- oh, so anyway, this particular issue uh, is also fun. I will say that uh, if John Romita Jr. is the guy who is, um, what's the word? Designing the new look. It's not working for me. Um, I'm, I'm not super into the new, oh, we don't have the digital so I could bring it up. Um, but 
the new the new the new the new the look is not not great. I don't have it. I don't have it. In but front of me. Sorry. the rest of it's great. So what had happened bef- during the Nick Spencer run is very important, and all you really need to know is that there was the Sin Eater, and he was a villain, and he would kill other villains and eat their sins. He would take their sins away from them and take what was making them evil away from them. And so ever since. Norman Osborn has been Norman. He's not been the Green Goblin. He has been just regular Norman before the Goblin formula, before the psyche, the 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 break. He remembers that everything. He had too. mental break. He remembers everything. He knows what he did. He knows Peter is Spidey. All this stuff, but all of the evil that was in him has been sucked out. So now he's just a regular dude who feels bad about all of the horrible shit he's done over the past decades. Um, and so now he's trying to make it up to Peter and help him out and give him a new suit and all that other sort of stuff. And um, there's just really nice twists um, in all of these issues that have been going on. I think, what are we at? Number eight? Yeah. Um, yeah, eight. Um, there was a really great story with Tombstone and a really awesome twist that happened a couple issues in. Uh, that I think I even like I tweeted or I texted Nolan. I was like, "Gotta read this. This is great." Uh, yeah. And uh, so yeah, what'd you think? I, I mean, I, I I agree with everything you said. This is a really really fun run, and um, it's interesting because they're not doing anything entirely new at all. It's just well done. Like it's comfort. Uh, I mean, there's there's some things that we don't know yet. Like Peter is in a bad place, but. They're not saying why or how he got there. It's just like six months later. I compare it positively to the Nick Spencer run because what was good about the Nick Spencer run ran out really fast because it became this kind of hamster wheel of convoluted plot points as opposed to just being about Peter. And even though there's maybe just as many kind of things going around, Zeb Wells never moves it away from mainly about Peter. Like it's, you're still in the shit with him as opposed to, no, 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 no. Don't you remember 25 issues ago? We mentioned this one thing in a vial and that in the vial is actually, it's get its own issue because it had to make sense for the thing. Like stop. Like it's that run was more about plot. This is more about story and it's very, very op. It's, it's, it's noticeable and it's really good. Everything is character-based that's happening in here. This, and I, it's, Zeb Wells was a part of it, but this feels like the high points of Brand New Day, where what happened before yeah. and what happens next doesn't really matter so much as this is really fun right now and this is really good right now. Um, and that's what this run kind of feels like so far. Like, this feels like a really, really good... It's It's been two really, really good miniseries back-to-back. It's not like... We're in the middle of a 25-issue story. I'm like, no, it's just Spider-Man progressing. It's good. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, as, as a big Spider-Man fan, I am tickled. Oh, speaking of, did you, see, did you see that they um, announced a brand new day omnibus? Omnibus? Yeah, did you see that? I know. I'm into it. Um, so just a quick – because I had so, – when they revealed that, was it Omar – yeah, 
Omar does a video and he's like, he does a reveal of whatever Ooh. Marvel omnibuses are coming down I, the pipe. I fast forward. And yeah. I mean, too, I just zip through until he's, I see. Oh, OK, that's he's the thing. so wonderful and nice. And that's great. But it's just like, come on, scroll yeah. to the title. Just give me yeah. to what I need. Yeah. Give me what I need, Daddy. Um, so uh, I saw under the comments, a lot of folks were like, oh, one more day. No, not one more day. Brand new day was like the worst, blah, blah, blah. And I, was, I had to chime in and be like, no, you guys. Brand new day was fucking awesome. What you're thinking of is one more day. One more day is what enraged everybody. Um, but once we got that out of the way, I thought brand new day was dope as hell. We had like six different writers all teaming up telling different stories, um, really great artists working on the series and everything. And not everything was perfect, but I thought, man, what a great run of Spider-Man. Um, you know, for everyone who is still um, still walking weird because of the, uh, they're, they're butthurt about um, MJ and Peter not being married still, we had like over 20 years of them being married. I grew up with them being married. It's fine that they're not married anymore. I don't care. Let them, yeah. let's, uh, let's let them... Uh, Wet his beak a little bit. Yeah, relax. Fucking <laughs> relax. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for the the brand new day, and I'm also excited for the Beyond. I'm actually more excited for the Beyond run because um, that was so much fun. Um, let's see, Christopher Goodnight. No, you mentioned a slipcover for a miniseries. If every mini was maybe ten pages longer per issue, say the size of the Kingdom Come issues or the DC Black labels, where they are bigger and more prestige, and then they put out a slipcover to hold them. I would like that more. I don't think he wait slipcover. Is that what he means? What's the um, so I, I meant that in regards to slipcase. Slip case. Yeah, case. but in regards to like small hardcovers or hardcover sets. So like they did it with Doomsday Clock, the first six issues in a hardcover, and the second I sold it, and the second six issues came with a slipcase, so two of them could be together. Uh, of the Dark Knight three, the Master Race hardcover issues, they eventually came with a slipcase. Um, yeah, like slipcase, right? I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, slipcase, not yeah. yeah. He was saying slipcover, but it's but slipcase. those that's not for issues. Now, <laughs> some some have done it. So like, um, Barrier by Brian K. Vaughn came with hmm. a slipcover. It's right here. These are all single issues, but the last you could like for ten dollars you could buy the slipcover that this comes in. So it's because they never collected this. You know who's a piece of shit? It's me! And I'll tell you, Barrier was coming out and it kept being in print. It was just in print forever, yeah. for such a long time. And I kept putting off getting my own copy of it or I would get in cop a copy for myself and then someone would see it on my table and be like, hey, can I, is that for sale? And I'd be like, all right, fine, I'll just order another one for me. And I kept doing that. I would get in Barrier Someone would want it. I'd go, all right, I'll sell it to him. And because I could just order myself another one until I couldn't. And now it's out of print and I can't freaking get it. So I've never finished Barrier. I've never read the whole series. I only read issue one. I don't think I've ever finished it either. Ah, that Marcos Martin art. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm surrounded by oh, books that so I So then Christopher. Say, anyway. Aren't we all? So am I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher Goodnight also says, all red sucks. Oh, JRJR sucks as well. That's that's nonsense. Neither of them suck. And I actually like JRJR better than I like Allred. That's that's what I that's all I got. 
mean, are we done? I'm, I'm cool with either of them. Uh, yeah, I think that's all that was on the docket. Yeah. So we docked it. Um, hey, look, every, um, like it to, to those uh, thousands, thousands of people listening. They all have our email address. Yeah. Um, we're planning on doing a rundown or just a selected of the comics, the single issue comics that came out in the month of X. If you know something that's coming out, suggest it and we'll review it. Like we don't read everything all the time. So this is less of a, what's the best stuff that bubbled to the surface so much as what could be the best conversation. So if you have uh, issues coming out in the month of September that you're interested in, can say it so we can read it, prepare for it, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it next month. Do it. What's the next thing we're doing? Covering? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Is it Prey? Are we uh, talking about Prey? Let's talk about Prey. I don't know. I feel like that ship has sailed. I think I, everyone's already uh, talked and about Prey. So the next book... For book club, you know, to be mirrored on this, is Bolero. It's Bolero. We talked about yeah. every fucking issue of that book. And we still had no idea what that book was. Well, what, I, what it happened. would just be like a really, like a hardcore retread conversation. So maybe we could, we need to figure That's out true. what to do for us. Why don't we do Nightwing leaping into the light? Okay. Because no one's talking about it, but Nightwing is great. I, I agree. It's really good. I was going to suggest... Or we could do a classic, like, New Frontier. Well, I was going to suggest Omega Men. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah, like, I, it's 12 issues, Tom King, Tom early Tom Taylor. Stuff. Or Tom King. But it's it's Kyle Rayner, who's, who's kind of in the news right now, doesn't get enough love. Kyle Rayner. That's right. All right. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, let's we'll, remember this conversation because I will forget. Well, I mean, you have a copy, and we'll we'll I do. I have your copy. We'll get um, yeah. we'll get Brian a copy. <clears throat> Let me ask you this: When I am I looking at the camera right now? Ish. No. There's the camera. Yeah. There's the camera. Am I looking at the camera now? Yes. So how come when you're okay, you look at me? Oh, I see. Now look at the camera. Uh, do you look at me or the camera? Uh, I look at you talking. when you're talking. When I talk, sometimes I look up at the camera. Uh, but I also don't have it so close to my face that you can really notice. So like, it's all the way okay, over there. So like a millimeter of me looking left or right is not really as perceivable as, hey, hey, you're hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all day Zoom meetings for, for my day job. So like you just kind of get used to being in the direction of or away from the camera enough. Holy shit. This actually works. Actually, shit. I could do this. Yeah. This is okay. Oh, why am I always so close? I don't know, dude. Oh, Even, you know what? Because I have to read. I have to read a lot. I, <laughs> so I'm usually like. Uh, so uh, pro tip or just what I would do when I was. Uh, for that brief period of time when we were recording on Saturday or Sunday mornings and I went to the shop first and recorded from there and stuff. Um, uh -huh. I would just have my, like, you gotta, like, the way that you have the camera is, like, way up there. So I would, I would read the notes off my iPad in front of me instead of have to be up there and hit them both. Just saying. 
Cool beans. All right. Well, this was this was great for everyone involved. We could have done this off the air. Uh, nope. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Do it alive. A peek, a peek behind the sausage. <laughs> Do it alive. It's a sausage curry. All right, guys. We will see you. We will see. Ah, we will see you here next Monday night Hashtag at 9 p.m. What the? F- oh, <laughs> I thought it was mac and cheese. Did I say potato salad? Well, I was doing mashed potatoes, and then it turned into potato salad. That oh, you were. Right. Yeah, thanks. That's right. Thanks, bud. Disgusting. Uh, all right, guys. We love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We uh, next. So wait, is next week Omega Men? Maybe we should figure out something else. Oh, wait. Actually, I think next week technically is. Once in future, right? And then we'll oh, do it, oh yes, and then we'll yes, do yes, Omega yes. Men. Let's do once in future. We'll do once in future volumes one and two. Yeah, we just gotta get Brian up to speed. Yeah, so good. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk All right, everyone, show. join us here next Monday night at nine p.m. We're gonna talk to talk about once in future volumes one and two by Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Read it. Join us for the conversation. Get down in the chat and chat with us. We love you guys. We will talk to you later. so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.